a truth from God that has helped you. It's a good thing to remember. Think about a truth from God, which means we can depend on it, we can rely on it, we can put some weight on that, we can trust it. A truth from God that helps you. When I asked that question, the one that came to me was this. Be still. Be still, Wayne, and know that I am God. Just hearing Jesus remind me of that. I stopped. I asked him for a word, and that came to mind. Be still. Rest and know that I am God. Biblical truth that helps you. Truth is the theme today, and truth is a leading characteristic that really stood out to those first eyewitnesses of Jesus, the ones who walked and talked and ate with him. Truth was one of the things that really came to the forefront for them about Jesus. We've been going through the Gospel of John, the good news message about Jesus written down by John, one of the twelve. And if you go through his gospel, you can count the word truth 55 times. Truth is in there repeatedly. It's a big idea. It's a key thought. Now, love also appears in John. Now, would you say uh, more than truth, about the same, or less than truth? Let's vote. Love appears more than truth, all right, about the same, Okay, a little less votes there. Less than truth. All right. It's super close. Truth is there 55 times. Love is there 56 times. Truth and love. Truth and love. Not just truth, but love. Truth and love come together, hold together, and are found in their fullness. Found in their fullness in Jesus. John says it really well, starting at John 1.1, in the beginning. Remember this? In the beginning, in the very beginning, before all this, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So the focal point John is emphasizing is the Word. With God is God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him, through the word of God, all things were made. Without the word, nothing was made, including you and me, nothing was made that has been made. And then the next fill-in, next verse, I've got a fill-in for you because it's a big idea. The word, that eternal word of God, became flesh, took on human form, entered into creation. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. That's the big news of God. That's the good news of Jesus. The Word of God, Jesus, became flesh and dwelled among us. And listen to what John says. We, talking about himself, those early disciples, those eyewitnesses, we have seen His glory, His majesty, His awesomeness. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, the unique Son of God, who came from the Father. How did He come? He came full of grace and truth. 
full of it, full of grace and full of truth. Grace, full of mercy and kindness and forgiveness and compassion and patience for you. Full of grace and full of truth. Full of words that will lead you into the light, into reality, into what really is. Jesus came full of grace and truth. He wants you to know what's real. He wants to help you untangle the distortions, the lies, the false things that you've believed. Full of grace, full of truth. God comes in the world full of grace, full of truth. And when he comes, he is met with unbelief. With unbelief. John 1 says it like this. John 1, 9. The true light. Talking about the word. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And listen, when the world became, word became flesh, he was in the world. He was here. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, his own people, Israel, but his own did not receive him. The word of God, God comes in the flesh full of grace and truth, and there's some rejection, some resistance. The world is disinterested. So that's one side of it. But it goes on, yet, yet, but to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. He did something in you and me. When we received him with belief, we listened to him. We drew close to him. We wrestled with his words, and we realized that he is speaking truth. He gave us the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent like everybody else or a human decision, hey, let's have a baby, or a husband's will, but born of God, born again, born new, born of the Spirit, a new creation, spiritually reborn. God comes into his world. Some people are oblivious, uninterested, don't care. And some see and recognize and believe and are changed. What you believe about Jesus, what you do with his words and what he says has eternal ramifications. It's a life and death thing. We go to Broadway Plaza once in a while, try to talk to people about Jesus, uh, engage in them, engage with spiritual conversations. And, you know, once in a while I'll pull back and realize what's going on here. God has sent me and Domingo or me, whoever God sends, to help people know Jesus. We're doing it because he sent us. And some people are just not even interested. Cynical, skeptical. I've had people do this, you know. But some are. Some are open. Some are interested. Some engage. Some listen. And some have some aha moments where they realize, yeah, I think that's true. Jesus is divisive, right? Have you noticed that? Jesus divides people. Believers, unbelievers, disinterested. And some that don't like it at all. Last couple Sundays, we were looking at Jesus at the Festival of Tabernacles. 
And uh, what do you remember? What, what are some big truth claims that Jesus laid out there at the Festival of Tabernacles? Do you remember? Crazy, audacious things to say, unless you're Jesus. I am the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. What did he offer people the time before, the Sunday before? I am the source of living water. The Spirit of God, the presence of God, if you're thirsty for that, if your soul hungers for that, come to me. All right, so he, he gives these things, and we read this summary. John 7, when they heard Jesus, when they heard Jesus' words, these words, some of the people said, others said, no, this is the Christ. This is the Messiah. This is the promised Son of God. God said would come. This is him. But some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? So they're mixed up because he, he's Jesus from Nazareth. Has not scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? Now we know the backstory. We know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but they didn't. Um, so there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. People back then were divided about Jesus, about who Jesus truly is, the reality about him. People today are divided about Jesus. Last time we went out, I, I looked at my little my sheets. Here are some things that people said about Jesus. I asked people, what do you think about Jesus? Some say, well, he's a historical figure. Someone said a, a prophet, like so-and-so. Uh, one guy said a superhero. He was actually really interesting. That was a good conversation. Uh, other person said God, recognized Jesus as God. Why this division about Jesus? A couple big reasons here. Divided because, number one, fill in, Jesus makes absolute truth claims about himself. Doesn't he? We've heard it again and again and again. Jesus says things like, I am the bread of life. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the source of living water. I am the light of the world. He says things like, before Abraham was born, I am. Jesus makes absolute truth claims about himself, and this divides people did back then, does today. He claimed clearly, repeatedly, that he is God in the flesh. That's why they killed Jesus. Shortly after this, John 10, the Pharisees and religious leaders are going against him, and they're ready to stone him. And Jesus says, why are you planning to stone me? For which of the works that the Father has done through me do you stone me? And they said, we don't stone you for any of those things, but because of blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. Make no mistake, Jesus clearly, repeatedly claimed to be God. And that's divisive. That's divisive. The other thing that's divisive about Jesus is his second big truth claim. This is number two, second fill in here. Jesus made and makes absolute truth claims about what is right and what is wrong? What is right and what is wrong? Jesus speaks against sin. Your sin, 
my sin, sin in the world. He identifies specific behaviors as sin. Sin which is an action, attitude that destroys, that harms, that corrupts, and that must be turned away from. Jesus calls us to repent, to turn away from sin, and that is offensive to people, isn't it? It was back then, it is today. Because people love their sin. People want you to join in their sin, to celebrate it, affirm it. And Jesus' words cut right through that. He says, no, that's evil. It harms, it destroys, it's a lie. It will end in death and judgment. God has come in the world to call us out of sin. And that's offensive. It tweaks people. Our culture today, two big ideals, two big values. I will do whatever I want. Don't tell me what to do. Right? Don't get in my way. I'm going to pursue what I feel is right, what I think is right. Who are you to tell me not to do that? God alone can tell us what to do about that. And he comes in Jesus and tells us, no, get out of that. Come into the right way. Jesus is divisive because he makes absolute truth claims about himself and about what is right and wrong. Let's look at Jesus' next truth claim about himself. Again, divisive back then in particular. This is in John chapter 10. Jesus says, I am, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Now, time when he's in his earthly ministry, that would trigger some signals. Because the Jews were his original audience. He came to his people, Israel. And a good shepherd was the promised Messiah. In Isaiah 40 and Ezekiel 34. So Jesus is claiming to be that Messiah, that one. He says, I am the good shepherd. Listen to what Jesus is saying. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You and I are the sheep in this scenario. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So he contrasts himself with the hired hand. So when he, the hired hand, sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away, protects himself, right? Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man run, runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus brings us back to himself. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, that close, eternal Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Trinity relationship, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. My sheep, verse 27, hear my voice. My people, they hear my voice, and I know them. I know you. And they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. 
My Father who has given them to me, this people, this, these sheep, has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one's able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Another divine claim right there. I and the Father are one. What's Jesus saying? What's his word? What's the word in the flesh saying to you and me today? The word of God in the flesh. Number one, Jesus is. Listen, Jesus is the good shepherd who knows you. Who knows you? God knows you. Cares for you. This is good news, right? He doesn't just know you, but he cares for you. He knows you, he cares for you, and laid down his life for you. That's who God is. Just knows you, your story, your past, your struggles, your wins, your losses, your unique personality and strengths, and your weaknesses. He knows you. He's not distant, impersonal, unaware, indifferent. No, he knows you, and he cares for you. He cares for you. Do you believe it? Can you receive that? Do you recognize him saying that to you? I know you and care for you. Sometimes I'm not sure. Sometimes things get hard. I wonder, God, do you really care? And then I go back to his word. I remember his word. He said it two times in here. I am the good shepherd. Why am I good? What makes me good? I laid down my life for you. I laid it down. I'm all in on you. I'm fully committed to you. I came to purchase you at a high price. I came to make you my people. I came for you. You were lost, dead in sins, separated from God, without hope in this world. I came to you in that condition. I lay down my life for you to take sin out of the way so that you could be reconciled to God, so you could be made new, so you could be born again. Jesus knows you. He cares for you. He saw you. He laid down his life for you. He's not a hired hand. It's just doing a job or needs something or wants something from you. Jesus went all in on you first. This is love. Not that you love God. He loved you. He came after you. Jesus is your good shepherd. I forget this. I forget. I think I'm on my own sometimes. I got to make this happen. Jesus is your good shepherd, knows you, cares for you, loves you, laid down his life for you. We can rest in that. Rest in that truth. He's got you. He's with you. He's got his eye on you. When you wander, he calls after you because he cares for you. He sees the trouble you're in. He calls after you. He leads you into eternal life. We get to rest in that. Jesus is a good shepherd who knows you, cares for you, laid down his life for you. What else do we hear Jesus say? What, else, what, are, what other things has he given us today? Jesus is the good shepherd who leads you into. He's leading you somewhere. He's a shepherd that leads you somewhere, leads you into eternal life. And nobody can snatch you away from him. 
you got security in him. That's one thing. But let's look at eternal life. Eternal life is not just future down the road. Eternal life is now. John 3.36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life now, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. There's a divide there. If you've come to believe in Jesus, you have eternal life right now. You've been brought in. You've been connected to the one who is eternally alive. You're secure in him. Relax. Why do you fret? Why do you get so worked up? Why do you get so worried? You have a good shepherd. He's with you. He laid down his life for you, and you have eternal life in him now. Be still, Wayne. Be still, Justin. Be still, Wes. Be still, Danny. I am God. Jesus is with you. Those are some big truths to sit in, to rest in, to be secure in. Jesus wants to help you in this life. It's not just a future thing. Good Shepherd is with you now. He knows you. He cares for you. He sees your situation. He wants to lead you into life, more into life, into fullness of life now. That's the other offer for us this morning. This is the next fill-in, and uh, I kind of botched this on the bulletin, but this is the key ideas. Jesus is saying to you, listen, you know me. You hear that in the, in the passage? Not just I know you, care for you, lay down my life, but you, you know me. You know me, and you hear me. And you know my voice. Listen to verse 27 again. My sheep, my people, listen to my voice. They listen to me. And I know them. And they follow me. Jesus wants you to be able to say with confidence, I know him. I know the good shepherd. I know you, Jesus. I know you, God. I know you. I hear you. And I listen to you. I know your voice. How is that so? How, maybe this is new. How do you know Jesus' voice? How do you know when you hear him? How do you know when he's speaking to you? How do you discern his voice as opposed to other voices? A lot of voices, right? A lot of messages from the world, from inside, from a spiritual enemy. There's lots of voices. How do you discern his voice? How do you know when Jesus is talking to you? What helps? What helps you discern it? What helps you know? Yeah, the word, the Bible, the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Genesis, Revelation, God's word. God is a speaking God. That's how it all came into being in the first place. God speaks. He has spoken. His word is there for you to Come close to him through and listen to him and hear his words. As you listen to his words, as you spend time in his word, you come to recognize his voice when he speaks to you as you're going through your day in that hard moment. You'll recognize his voice because you've spent time with him. You've heard what he's said. 
You spent time listening to what he has said. Jesus is speaking. He speaks through his word. He has spoken through his word. He speaks by his spirit. Like Wes said in the song, he did not leave us as orphans. He sent the helper, the spirit, the Holy Spirit, also called the spirit of Christ, to guide you in truth. You're equipped. Jesus is saying, you know me. You hear my voice. Listen to me. Now let's start off on a few things that Jesus wants you to know and to hear this morning. I got three things here. Number one, Jesus is saying to you and me, listen to my words about you. Listen to what I have said and I'm saying to you about you. I've listed some out. You can look them up. They're solid, genuine. You can hold on to these. Here are some things. Listen, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. That's big to know. You are forgiven. You're forgiven. He's said it repeatedly. You are, past tense, forgiven. How can that be, Lord? Because I paid the penalty for you on the cross. You are forgiven. Another way to phrase that is you are cleansed. You are cleansed. God has cleansed you through his sacrifice on the cross. You are cleansed. You are not under condemnation. I I rescued you from that. You are in God's grace. You are in my grace, Jesus is saying. My good standing. You are in good standing with God right now because of what he did for you. You have been made holy. You're a saint. That's what a holy one is. You have been made holy by Christ, by God. You have been made alive. You are alive again with God. You have been born again. You're part of his new creation. That was the next one. You're a new creation. The new has come in you. So as you turn to him, receive his spirit, you're a new creation. It's begun. You have been raised up and seated. You have been raised up and seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. You're seated with Christ, who is seated at the right hand of God. You are seated with him right now. It's true. Your life is now hidden with Christ. Thank you, Lord. Confirm that by your spirit. Help us know that in our being. God's spirit is in you. That spirit that you sent sometimes, that is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance. What is to come? This life goes beyond physical death, new resurrection body, new heaven and earth. You're in it. That's why I came for you. That's why I paid the high price. 
Now, lots of other messages in this world. And the challenge for us is to take off those old messages that don't conform to his word, that don't conform to what he has said. We are to take every thought that comes into our three-pound mind and take it captive and make it obedient to Christ. You're to take those thoughts that just fly in from who knows where. Take every thought captive. Take hold of it and make it obedient to Jesus. Jesus, does this line up with what you're saying? If not, toss it. It's not true. The truth has come. The light of the world has come. Throw out the lies, the distortions, the, the false messages that have attached themselves to you, that want to attach to you like a dart sticking in your skin. Pluck that thing out, man. Better yet, put on the shield of faith and block those words from landing on you in the first place. You've got all kinds of thoughts rumbling through your mind. You will later today. Crazy thoughts. Take every thought captive. Make it obedient to Christ. The one who is speaking life to you. The good shepherd who wants to lead you by his voice, by his words, into life. It's a battle. We're in a truth battle. This is contested ground. A lot of the walk with Jesus is untangling these old messages, throwing them off, throwing them off again. It's work. Some of those old lies and messages went in when you were little. You either believed them yourself or somebody put those on you. They can be hard to work out. Jesus is saying, don't trust those voices. Trust me. Trust what I'm saying to you. Hold on to my word. Sift through the other and toss it off. God alone knows you. He cares for you. Because he cares for you, he speaks what is true. I had two bosses in my life who were really exceptional. I mean, really stood out to me when I thought about this. Two bosses, supervisors, managers. And what stood out about them is that, number one, they spoke truth to me. Not to slam me, not to put me down, not to you know, give me a hard time, but because they wanted me to be good. They wanted me to grow. They wanted me to do well. They cared for me. They spoke truth out of that. I've had other bosses who are a lot friendlier and nicer, and I didn't grow at all because they wouldn't tell me the truth. Jesus comes to you. The good shepherd draws close to you full of grace, mercy, patience, kindness, and full of truth for your good. This is love. This is love. Jesus is saying this morning, and remember it this week, listen to my words about you. Those words are true. Listen. Listen to them. Hold on to them. And next level, start there, man. Do that. Next level, though, number two, listen to my words to you about others. Aha. Man, somebody gives me a hard time. Someone annoys me. Someone, you know, a little bit. I got all kinds of ideas and thoughts percolating about that person. Not always nice. Quick judgmental thoughts, messages. 
Jesus wants you to take captive all those thoughts and make them obedient to him. To stop, to not run with that, but to stop and say, Jesus, what do you say? What are you saying about my spouse, my kid, my coworker, my neighbor, that guy? Listen to my words to you about others. Let me lead you into truth about them. Let me show you the full truth grace, grace package about them. Our, th- our thoughts, man, we, we misjudge people all the time, don't we? People misjudge you all the time. You're doing it to others, they're doing it to you. Jesus alone knows the truth. He's the light. Let's come to him. Let's let the good shepherd lead us in our relationships with others, our thoughts about them. There's a lot of room to grow there for us, right? That's a, that's a challenging one. Especially when you've been hurt by someone, when you're irritated or frustrated with them, just saying, come listen to my voice. And Jesus wants to bless others through you. He wants to give you words of life, grace, and truth to speak through you to others. He wants to work through you. We're the body of Christ. But if we're just flapping words out there that are from our own eyes, from our own minds, we're going to miss that word of life, potentially, that God wants to share through you to someone else. That is a spectacular moment when that happens, when God uses us that way. He wants to do that. Listen to the words, Jesus is saying, that I'm speaking about you. Listen to what he's saying about you. Listen to my words about others that I'm sharing with you as well. And the last one, number three. Listen to my voice and follow me into life. Listen to my voice and follow me into life. Verse 27 again, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Are you following him? Are you listening to him? That's that's where it starts. Oh yeah, you're my good shepherd and you're speaking to me. I might need to stop here and listen and hear what you're saying. That's where it's I was telling Sharon about this message a little bit on Wednesday, and uh, she shared an experience with me about hearing his voice. And so I'm going to invite her to come on up and share that with us. Sometimes it's one thing to hear his voice. That's step one. Step two is doing it. Sometimes that step two is even more difficult. All right, here we go. Hi there. Um, first, I want to just say a couple quick little things, and that's that um, prayer has so many different aspects. And one of those aspects, the aspects of prayer, is that it's a conversation. It's just not talking to God, but listening to him. And Wayne has been talking to us about that today. And, um, and then he also explained something that's so important in prayer and listening to God to be in the word, to learn what his voice sounds like. Because as he was saying, we can speak to ourselves, hear ourselves, hear the world, hear even our enemy Satan. 
but the more we read the word, the more we understand his voice. So um, I've been talking to the Lord uh, about um, that passage in, in the word that talks about that Jesus was tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin. And then it goes on to say, and he, we're to come to him in that temptation, and he makes a way of escape. And so a couple of uh, weeks ago, I was uh, having my one of my battles that I have, and that's with eating the wrong things and eating too much of the wrong things. And one weekend, I was just eating all kinds of junk that I didn't need to eat. And, and I was eating even candy, and I don't eat dessert. And uh, that evening, when before I went to bed, I'm just going, oh, my gosh, oh, my goodness, Jesus, help me. And I went to bed, and I got up the next, I mean, I woke up the next morning. I didn't get up, but I woke up praying, Lord, help me, help me. Father, I need victory over this thing. And I stopped, and I listened for his voice. And he said to me, get up and walk. <laughs> and I went, uh, it's cold, and it's so comfy here, and it's cold out there. And I started thinking, maybe tomorrow, Lord, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. And he said, well, Sharon, you can do whatever you choose to do, but I'm saying get up and walk. And it's almost like a chill went up my spine because I went, okay, I could choose not to obey him or I could choose to obey him. And it was everything that I could do to get up and get out of that bed, put on my walking clothes, and go out and walk in the cold, but I did it because I love him and I wanted to obey him. And it doesn't always happen this way, but the later on that day, I found that those cravings had completely subsided. And I did my part of obeying him, and he graciously granted me that deliverance. Awesome, yes. Thanks, Sharon. Yes. afternoon you will hear the voice of Jesus and you'll have a choice he won't force you to follow him into life he won't grab your leg and pull you he'll say come with me come here I had so that was a positive experience a positive example I will provide for you the negative example uh, I was driving with Becky. We were talking to Emma on the phone. Emma's our oldest daughter. She's in college. She was stressed out about a midterm. And I was driving, and I had the thought when she said she was stressed about her midterm to just say, well, let's pray. Can we pray for you real quick? And I just sat on it, didn't act on it, and missed that moment, missed that opportunity to follow the voice of Jesus. And so there's a loss there. I don't, I don't know how in the calculus of reality that plays out, but I missed something there. Uh, I missed things. She, she gained something. 
And sometimes, like she said, you don't always see it right away, the payoff. And that's where Jesus is just saying, trust me. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. Faith is, I'm going to believe you, Jesus. I'm going to do this because I trust that you're the good shepherd who cares for me, that laid down his life for me. You've got good for me. And I'm going to say yes to this and follow you and trust that it's good. And sometimes you'll see it right away. Sometimes a few years later, you'll be like, oh, yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for helping me to obey. Sometimes that's the second prayer that comes up for me. One, I've heard what you've said. I haven't pushed you out. I haven't said, no, I'm busy. I've heard what you've said. Number two prayer is, Jesus, help me do that. Because the spirit is willing sometimes, right? And the flesh, this fallen nature, is weak. And Jesus is like, yep. So ask for, ask for strength for me. You're going to need me in this. We need him in the battle. He's a good shepherd. Why don't we stand and pray and allow him to speak his word to us, or if he's already spoken to it to you, capture it, write it down, live it out, do it. Don't let your mind analyze that thing. Don't let the enemy snatch that word away. Let it bear fruit in your life. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. We thank you for your presence here, living God. We thank you, Good Shepherd, for coming for us to save us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are still speaking to us to lead us into life now and beyond, Lord. Help us trust you. Help us not miss what you're saying to us. Help us not miss that life that you want to give us, Lord God. Help us to submit quickly to you. And help us let you lead us into more life, Lord God. Give us your word, Lord. Forgive us, Lord Jesus. Forgive us for the words we've, we've rejected, that we've ignored. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive us. Thank you for the new start right now. Jesus takes you where you are. Yeah, you've made, a, you've made a mess of it. Jesus takes you where you are. He says, now, today, listen to my voice and follow me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your compassion, your patience, your kindness toward us, Lord. Thank you for keep coming back. You keep coming back to us to lead us in life. Thank you for your commitment to us, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And during this last song, if you just you want prayer, you're having a hard time hearing the voice of Jesus, come on up, get prayer from the prayer team. That's what the prayer team does. They're just here to come alongside you and help you hear what Jesus is saying to you. They're not going to tell you what they think. They're going to try to help you discern what the Lord is saying. So come up during this last set for that. And spend this time listening to God. Let's do that. Amen.